Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host that sold his soul to the devil and now the devil wants his money back. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a very cold, <laughs> a very cold January night. I'm recording this show the day before it comes out. And on this week's show, we have my first pipe collection review. So that'll be in pipe parts. I'll talk you through... Uh, Matt's collection that he sent me pictures of and, and a little bit of description and it's actually fun I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad uh, and I'm, I'm glad he sent it in and he's got an interesting collection so you'll, you'll get to hear about that in pipe parts my guest is uh, the fine folks at Missouri Meersham Phil Morgan and Shannon Hoke and we got some news to break there and we get caught up with, uh, with them and you get to hear about uh, them taking over the uh, Old Dominion Company. So lots of fun catching up with them. Now, remember, and apparently this was a bit of a thread, uh, remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to the show. And the reason I say that, you know, every, I don't know, second, third, fourth show, whenever I feel like it, uh, <laughs> is because we were advised that. All right, it's a show about tobacco and about tobacco smoking, and we were just advised that you know that we must that we that we should do that. We obviously can't stop anybody from doing that, but as long as we advise it, that's about as good as it can get. And uh, iTunes ratings and reviews, and there was a little bump in the uh, in the uploading to iTunes recently. So don't forget if you're if you listen to the show on iTunes, you can and you can't get it there. You can automatically go to pipesmagazine.com. And click on the radio show link there, and you can listen to it directly from Pipes Magazine. Uh, you don't need any app or any special device to do that. All you need is just, you know, something with a speaker, and you can push play right there on the screen and listen to it on your uh, iPad or mobile device or your desktop or laptop. So you don't need to wait for iTunes. All right. Uh, and if you're. Uh, <laughs> If you want to see me, I was on the uh, Virtual Pipe Club this past Saturday, so you can go on to YouTube and uh, see me talking to the folks of the Virtual Pipe Club. Always fun to sit down with them. So, All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meersham Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meersham Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meersham, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and we are going to do the first pipe collection review, and this comes from Matt, and uh, Matt emailed this in, boy, lickety-split, 
and here's what he says. Brian, great idea for a feature. I was quite excited to send you my collection as soon as I listened to the podcast. I actually have two collections that I keep somewhat separate. My smoking collection is eclectic and doesn't seem to have much direction. It includes some of my best smokers, the Savinelli Dry System 2614 pipes, my oldest and most coveted, the 94-year-old Dunhill Double Patent R7, and a couple examples of what I believe to be the perfect billiard, a Kamoy's 182. Uh, the giant Orlick flying saucer is always fun to enjoy on the back porch, and I probably smoke the Peterson Aaron 80 S more than any of my any of the others. Uh, then he goes on. My Kamoy's Everyman and Guildhall collection only contains pipes with the three-lined stem produced by Kamoy's during the mid to late 20th century. Uh, even those. Even these pipes comprised the two. Uh, even though these pipes comprised the two lowest graded lines produced by Kamoy's, I'm enamored by their clean mid-century design, and I find them quite collectible. I've learned over the past couple of years to be decent at refurbishing old pipes, which helps a lot when building a collection on a budget. I've attached a picture of my smoking collection with a separate key. Uh, a picture of my Everyman and Guildhall collection, and a couple of pics of refurb jobs of which I am quite proud. Uh, I listen to your podcast weekly while driving between Dallas and San Antonio, and I enjoy the topics and formats of the show. While I'm not a daily smoker, I most appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into making pipes and blending tobacco. Plus, the hobby scratches my nostalgia itch and love of all things Sherlockian. Thank you for providing me with so with so much information on pipes, tobacco, and pipe collecting every week. Sincerely, Matt. So Matt has got what I call uh, it's very similar to what I have. He has stuff that he collects, and then he's got stuff that he smokes. And the Everyman pipe, as he said, is part of the lower end. But the uh, if you've ever seen it, so Google search Kamoy's uh, Everyman or Guildhall. And you'll see it's got three lines on the stem. They kind of re they do remind me of the Chrysler building in in Manhattan in that kind of you know tower look, uh, or maybe the Empire State Building or something like that. But they were a again they're in a, they're a lower end pipe. Sometimes I would find them with stingers and stuff like that on them. But he's got a great assortment of different of shapes of them. Uh, the picture that he sent has seventeen pipes. Uh, most of them are straight. There's a there's one looks like one that's a slight bent, but uh, a couple of them have saddle bits. And again, they, and he's done a nice job restoring them. And again, not in it, not an expensive pipe to collect, but when you put them together, it's a good looking collection. Uh, he's got a bulldog. He's got a bulldog, a paneled billiard. Uh, uh, looks like there's a a semi Canadian. Uh, just again, a nice collection. And there's one of them in particular that's got, looks like it's slightly, uh, looks like a billiard slight Dublin. That's got some really nice cross grain to it. Now, the other part of the collection that he called his smoking collection is similar to what I have. You know, I've got pipes that I smoke every day and then I've got the Disney pipes and only one of them crosses over. But in that collection, just from looking at it, he's got a good assortment of different sizes different shapes bent straight uh 
and again, it looks like it's a, you know, a well-balanced collection for what he's, you know, for what he's doing. Uh, that Dunhill 1927 double patent in particular is just a nice looking old craggy billiard. Uh, it's a shell briar. It looks like it's in relatively good shape considering it's 95 years old now. Uh, and sometimes when you find those older pipes, you'll find that they're, you know, that the, uh, that the sandblasting has been rubbed down uh, where they're kind of washed out. But this one looks like it's in a nice shape. Uh, that Orlick saucer is huge. <laughs> Not exactly going to be a clencher pipe. Uh, but again, so he's, so he's got a nice balance. He's got, uh, you know, for different tastes, he's got a, there's a Nording or two in there. A handful of, it uh, looks like it's mostly Peterson's. Uh, and then he's got a couple of Falcon pipes. And to me, the best part is he's got an XL, a Peterson XL 26, which is a larger bowl. And then he's got some that are in the smaller size. So he's got a good assortment to get a balance of, uh, you know, maybe be able to work with his tobaccos to get a different flavor out of them. Uh, Matt, the pictures that you sent me on the two restoration jobs that you've done. <laughs> yeah. If you want a, uh, if you want a job where you get paid very little money for doing a lot of hard work, uh, you know, you might want to get into restorations, but if you want to just keep doing it for fun, I can understand that the uh, everyman prints that he restored. I mean, the stem looks like it was almost like a, you know, like a light cocoa Brown and now it's black and shiny. And I know how hard it is to get those old stems back. And those stems were not the highest grade material. So very nice. Uh, please, if you have any uh, collections, I've got a couple others lined up. If you have your collection coming in, great. The only thing that I might suggest to Matt, and this is just me with a with a possible suggestion, is uh, he's got a good assortment of sizes and shapes. Maybe it's time to push into one of. He's got one Briarworks pipe. Uh, maybe it's time to push into one of the uh, maybe an estate artisan pipe, just so that you can just so you can try that next level up that would be my only suggestion to you and uh listen don't you know if it's not comfortable for you don't listen to my suggestion okay again keep sending those uh sending those collections for review and in just a moment my discussion with the fine folks at missouri meersham this is internet radio being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a voice you've heard on the show before. You hear it on the show every week. In fact, um, 
It is uh, Phil Morgan from Missouri Meersham. Phil, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks for thanks for having us on again. Yeah, and the us that is joining you is uh, is your daughter Shannon Hoke. Shannon, welcome to the show for the first time. Hello, thank you for having me. And, and we're going to talk about why you're here, but we're going to do that after the break, so everybody has to stay with us. But feel free to help. Feel free to help your dad out as we go through this. But uh, Phil, lo lots of stuff going on at Missouri Meersham in particular, in no particular order. But let's talk about the um, the recent company acquisition that you guys did, made, happened. I don't know. How do you say that correctly? Yeah, it, you know, it wasn't. It truly wasn't an acquisition in the the, the normal sense of that word. It was more, uh, you know, taking over the line. Basically, you know, uh, Old Dominion uh, Pipe Company, you know, out of Virginia uh, is who we're talking about. And you know, they they had a line of or everyone probably knows that they have a line of both uh, corn cob pipes and clay pipes. Yeah. And uh, Bob Savage, I, I'd gotten to know Bob, you know, really well, you know, through the pipe shows. Uh, and he and I kind of became friends and. Uh, even emailed back and forth occasionally. And, you know, when Bob and his brother, I think his brother's name's Bill, when uh, Bob and his brother uh, Bill uh, decided that both of them have full-time jobs, other jobs, you know, so they decided yeah. they weren't doing justice, you know, to the, uh, uh, to the old dominion side of it. So they, they actually, con Bob actually contacted us and said, you know, we're, thinking about transitioning out of it and uh, you we were their uh, first choice I guess in in, in uh, taking over the brand and uh, we were we thought about it we're delighted to do it uh, and it's uh, it, it wasn't a, a, as far as the corn cob pipe side of it it wasn't a huge transition because we were already doing making the bowls uh, for them you know they're the corn that they use is an old heritage uh, corn that did a good job, but it wasn't the hybrid that we have that, you know, gives the bigger cob, you know, so we were making some of the bowls for them and shipping to them and, and Bob was finishing them. So that side of it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't much of a transition for us. However, the, the clay pipe side of it, you know, is that's totally new to us. And, you know, Bob helped us out a lot with that we're still I, I will admit we're still struggling with that just a little bit and anybody who's you know looked on our website trying to get them knows that because we're out of stock on <laughs> uh on some of them and have been for a while so uh, that we're still trying to work that out but i think we're getting there uh and, and not only getting there with the current pipes but we hope to come out with some new versions uh, of clay pipes too and they're ones that Bob uh, at Old Dominion had contemplated bringing out at some point so uh, so but we're we're just we're really delighted to have taken on that brand I mean it's a it's a, it has a lot of respect out in the pipe community and anybody who knows Bob or has dealt with it knows that he's a great guy uh, and uh, you know and a uh, very uh, friendly and uh, member of the pipe community, so we're just delighted to be part of it. So, in in reality, one of the uh, one of the big differences in the cob pipes was they did the reed stem 
and you guys really you guys focused on a more tradition a more modern stem is that fair yeah, to say yeah yeah that really is the biggest difference uh in early you know early in our uh existence uh especially if you were at the museum uh, that we have here at missouri mirrorship you could see some of our original pipes that were made back in the 1800s and a lot of them had the reed stem and they truly were reed they were uh there's a uh, a plant that grows along the, the rivers and creeks, you know, in the, in the Midwest, uh, that uh, they, that's what they used for the reed stem. How, however, now uh, Bob was using, and we are too, it's actually a form of bamboo. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not true reed in the sense of the, the reed that grows along the rivers in the Midwest. It's, uh, it's actually a form of bamboo. But it looks, I mean, it looks almost identical to it. It performs, you know, in the same manner. So, but that was it, it, not necessarily, it's new to us only in this century. It, it was not new <laughs> to us, you know, back in the 1800s and early 1900s. And then with the, the clay pipes, is that is this the first time Missouri Meersham has ever manufactured a clay pipe? It, absolutely, yeah. We've uh, looked back and in our history and yeah. I, I've not even, we have catalogs going back to about 1907, I believe. And we've looked back in uh, the old catalogs to see, you know, hey, did we ever offer, uh, you know, some version of a, a true clay pipe that we can't find anything uh, where we have ever, you know, offered that. So that, that part is totally new for us. So you've got to learn how to, I, I'm assuming you guys are making the clays right there and you have you had no. to learn that whole process. Well, actually we, you know, we don't make them here and Bob was not uh, making them at old, you know, at his, in old, at his uh, factory in old at uh, Virginia either. They're actually, he came up with the, the, you may have seen the history on that. I mean, the clay pipes that he was uh, selling and that we are too, that, were based on artifacts that they found on their property yeah. uh, from the colonial era. So he had molds made from those artifacts and actually has another company who whose business is molding uh, with clay, uh, may actually make mold the pipes and uh, make them for him. And then he they would ship them to him and there, there's still some finishing work you have to do to him like I guess you would call it sanding or buffing, you know, somewhat yeah. to them. So, the, but as far as making them in house, you know, Bob wasn't doing that. Old Dominion was not doing that, and you know, we are not uh, either. Not, not, not to say yet. That. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will tell you that that won't be that that won't that will, may not be the case. You know, it's something we're later into. on. It's something we're looking into. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, in order to make a new shape, you've got to come up with, you have to have the mold for it. So there's a little yeah. bit of investment in just the new shape. It's not like you can just whip it out and start cha changing it on a lathe. No, not, no, a, no, no. no not at all. You, no, you've got to have a, molds. yeah, you've got to have a master mold made for it. I, mm -hmm. I think that you have to, the, the first mold has to be made from brass, as I remember, if I'm talking yeah, with Bob. And, uh, and then in order to make them on a commercial basis, you got to have more than one mold. So you end up with, I don't know, five to ten molds, something like that. Oh, but boy. The, 
but the designs are ones like I said earlier, you know, Bob had in mind what at least two designs that he wanted to, that he eventually wanted to bring out and just, uh, just didn't, didn't have the time to devote to it. Yeah. Uh, Phil, real, can you just give us your opinion on the, the different smoking characteristics between a clay and a, and a cob? Uh, yeah. Um, the, one of the things, you know, I, whenever I'm smoking, you know, the difference to me, and I think it would be, this would be the case for just about any pipe smoker is how you smoke a pipe. You know, when, when whenever I'm smoking a pipe, uh, I'm usually doing something in a, either reading or, you know, working on the computer or, uh, uh, so I'm usually clinching. And, uh, so the, the stem on a pipe for me has to be one that I can clench. So, uh, and this is not a criticism of a clay pipe by any means, but, uh, I cannot clench a clay pipe very well, nor can I clench a reed pipe or a bamboo stem pipe very well either. So, uh, so I tend to smoke, you know, a pipe that has a traditional type stem on it. Uh, but as far as the character, I have smoked the clay pipes, obviously I, I want to be able to tell people that I've smoked any pipe that we sell. And I have, uh, but to me, the, one of the differences is you can't clench it. I can't clench it. Maybe some people can, uh, and they do get hot. The bowl gets hot on the clay pipes and, uh, you've got, so you've got to hold the, hold it by the shank or the, the long stem, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you've got to hold it by that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they're, uh, they're a smaller bowl. Now the, some of the ones that we're contemplating bringing out later, will have larger bowls, but the ones that we currently sell have a small bowl. So you've, in my experience is you've got to smoke uh, or put a, a tobacco that is a much finer tobacco than, uh, than what you may normally smoke. For instance, I, especially here in the office and at home, I smoke a lot of aromatics because people around you accept that better. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so they're a little too chunky in my opinion for a clay, for the clay pipes. So you got to have a little bit finer tobacco. Uh, so anyhow, I, I'm probably not telling you anything that any pipe smoker that hasn't tried it doesn't already know. Well, in the era that they were made in, you know, back in that era, it was, yeah. you know, the individual's tobacco was a, a premium. Not everybody had an abundance. So when it was used for that bowl, it didn't have tobacco laying all over the place. That's true. But, you know, so when you're talking about the true era that they were made in, the bowls were not huge. It was made for you know, just a truly a pinch of tobacco because that's what they had. Yeah, that's a good point. So a, a pinch and a pint. All right, we're going to take a break <laughs> right here. And when we Where come have we back, heard that, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Good one. Uh, we'll take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, Phil and Shannon from Missouri Mearsham. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. 
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with the uh, with the fine folks of Missouri Meersham. Um, uh, Phil, Phil, I got to tell you, as I've gotten older now, the uh, the commercial with the trickling water stream. When I hear that, sometimes it really motivates me. I, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I know where I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes it you know sometimes it motivates me even more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get into some of the other new stuff, uh, Phil, why don't we explain why Shannon's here with us and why uh, and and what the future is? Okay, the, and this uh, again, this isn't necessarily a secret. There's there's people out there that are already some people that are aware of it, but we've not. Uh, this is the first time we've probably you know made it extremely public. Uh, but uh, I've been with Missouri Meersham for almost 13 years now, <clears throat> and uh, I'm, uh, I'm 69 years old, uh, so not afraid to make that known. Uh, so I'm uh, contemplating, had been contemplating retiring uh, for all oh, the last two or three years, and uh, I've been really fortunate that Shannon, uh, when Pat uh, my wife, Pat, and I would go to uh, pipe shows and even to trade shows. You know, Shannon, we asked Shannon to start going along as we got busier and busier, especially at the pipe shows like Chicago and and Columbus uh, and even St. Louis. Mm -hmm. You know, so Shannon became, you know, familiar with what we were doing and familiar with the pipes and uh, really liked being involved with the pipe community, just like Pat and I, you know, became over the years. So, uh, so Shannon, and, uh, trend, she started working for us, basically part-time helping out the shows and then, uh, uh, actually started spending more and more time, you know, here at the plant and, you know, we needed, a, we were getting busier. We needed another person. Uh, Shannon decided that she would like to, you know, come on and, you know, take over, uh, some of the office duties and she's done that. And she's actually she's done a fantastic job even a lot better than i have done as far as bringing uh having ideas for new products and marketing uh and uh so you know she's it, it's more it, it's one of those transitions that i think happens in a lot of businesses it's just you know the older crowd has to make room or make way for some younger people who have new ideas and you know and that's basically where we are so shannon uh, you know, I'm, uh, I think most people know that, uh, we, we actually do not own the company. The, the company is owned by invest three investors that have owned it for about 30 years. Uh, but, uh, we're, I'm going to be, I'm, I've been the general manager for about 13 years. Shannon will become, uh, has become basically the general manager and I'll stay involved uh, more on the financial and accounting side since that's really my background. My background is public accounting. You know, I'm a CPA. So, uh, so that's that's what's happening here. I'll still be around, but Shannon will be the general manager and uh, be taken over. Actually, already has taken over a lot of it. So. <laughs> Shannon, your mom told me one time that your dad is one of those geeks that looks forward to the end of the month when he can sit down and balance his checkbook, and, and it's just a lot of fun for him. He does truly enjoy it, <laughs> way more than what I think the average person should. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and here here we are, the middle of January, and I bet he can't wait for April fifteenth. That's just like Christmas. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, his Christmas and mine are much different. Yeah. All right, so so let's get Shannon. Let's just back up and get your superhero origin story. Besides being born into the family, what what did you do before you got into the? In, what what'd you do before your before your mom conned you into taking over for your dad and made you think that you're really going to love this? Really going to love? Well, actually, I've done quite a few things. Um, way back in the day, I actually uh, did spend some time in uh, factories. Um, I actually did work for a printing company, and then I worked for a refrigeration company, and then I went to college, and um, so I have a few few degrees. I actually have um, one in, uh, you know, biology, wildlife, fishery, conservation, um, and then I went into nursing, uh, where I received uh, my RN, um, and then, like Phil said, uh, I started going to some shows and then actually came on uh, PRN here doing shows and then uh, safety, which is how I kind of got my footing in here was through safety. And then um, it kind of went through human resource and then kind of moved in with into marketing and then started getting in just more and more into the business side. And then here I am today and then you know, at some point they asked me if I'd be interested into going, you know, higher because I kept moving into that and learning more and more. Um, And that's one thing I've always enjoyed doing whenever I was in any business. If somebody says, does anybody want to learn this? My hand always went up because I always (laughs) thought the more kind of like a tick. I always really wanted to get into a business like a tick. So if they ever thought about trying to rip me out, it would really hurt them. (laughs) <laughs> so, so so there's really so there's really proof that you are related to your dad right right we yeah. like to we like to know it all if possible um and that's something i i love learning every day um and i really enjoy people i think that's definitely the the nurse side part of me really in, enjoys the the public and uh the pipe community couldn't couldn't be a, a better place to enjoy have that enjoying atmosphere. Um, so, uh, going back to your going back to your time in manufacturing and working in other plants, this has got to be interesting for you because you guys grow and process the cobs, and yeah. so you so you really get to see it almost all the way through. I mean, really, I think the only thing you order is the plastic mouthpieces. Uh, so you get a chance to see it all the way through. Yes, and it's definitely the historical aspect and the agricultural aspect. Um, there is a lot um, to learn. It is a big process. I will tell you the one thing I am so fortunate is, um, is that I still have um, access to fill. I still <laughs> there is still a lot to learn. If you can say that you know the entire process, or because um, I mean just just the weather itself can change everything for you. I mean, you will never, you will never know it all. Um, even though people might think I am a know-it-all, uh-huh. Um, it's, it's great that I still have, um, and just in the factory itself, our employees, we have so many that have been here for so long, um, and, and they're great guidance. And, you know, our plant, plant manager, uh, Christina has been here, you know, her longevity of, uh, you know, 
what has Christina been here? 25? She's near 30 years. Yeah, 28, 28 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, I mean, so just having such a strong workforce and working with them. Um, so we really value our employees and having their guidance as well and working with such a close team um, is also very helpful. So, I mean, I think we have a really good base and, you know, it's not, I know where Phil lives as well. So that's very <laughs> helpful in this process. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I really have a great base. You've got, you've got connections to, uh, to his supreme boss, don't you? Yeah, yes. 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 Pat Morgan. I don't know if anybody's ever met her. But, wow, she's amazing as well. Yeah, uh, I heard her child is wonderful. <laughs> and then you can you you can with, you can withhold certain things from uh, from the parents like grandchildren. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, Brian, you're on it. I know. I'm listen. I'm not. I'm not just a pretty face. Exactly. <laughs> um, thank God. Uh, now, let me, you mentioned something that I didn't know, that your your factory manager is a lady. And now with yes. you obviously not being male. Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah. Although you have one of those names that can go either way. So Correct. And I answer to anything almost. Kind of like Dale. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went down that road before. Um, it does. Has that brought a different perspective to the pipes and to some of the processes or some of the designs? Well, we had a, uh, Christina's predecessor, Ardell, was also a female. So we've had a female in that role for a long time. Yeah. Um, so honestly, that's, uh, Christina and I work really well together. I think I've been here for what, five, six years now, quite a while. Um, so we've, we've have a really solid, um, relationship, but I think, um, we think kind of on the same plane. It's really nice to have a whole bunch of, uh, different people involved on the design process and how we design our pipes and look at them. But another thing we also take into account is our pipe community. So when we're looking at designing pipes or what goes into them and stuff, we we also look and we're constantly reviewing and seeing what our pipe community is asking for. So though you have two two females in this position, we also take into account and and study and look and read and see what our community is asking for. And so we take all of that into account. So it's a it, it's still a joint effort, but it's yeah. interesting and and when. You know, and I and still today at Sutliff, the factory manager is a lady, the the one yeah. who actually runs everybody on the floor. Although Jonathan Wood thinks he does, but we all know how that works. <laughs> uh, let's deviate away from that for a minute because I want to just uh, Phil. I think the last time we talked was right as FDA stuff was starting to come out. Has the has the FDA come and visited you guys? Has it had any impact on pipe design and shape? And did they wonder what they were doing there? You know, no, they haven't uh, visited us. And I'm not sure how many, you know, pipe manufacturers. Of course, uh, there's only a handful of those, honestly. But you know that I'm not sure how many places they actually have visited. You know, from our perspective. Uh, you know, we obviously we're registered, you know, and we have to 
you know, re-register basically every year and uh, list anything new. But the the good thing from our standpoint is, first of all, I think they backed off of pipes, you know, a lot more than they we originally thought that they were going to. You know, they realized that that wasn't that wasn't the big area of concern that that it, it initially they initially acted like it was. So, uh, so, and we make, and, and I think this is true of most pipes, you know, you may read, you may come up with a new design, but it's still basically the same thing. It's the same material, you know, it performs the same way. It may look a little different, but that's about all the only difference. And I think they, with pipes, and I'm not talking about pipe tobacco, I'm talking just mm -hmm. about pipes, uh, that I think they realized that at some point and uh from our perspective as long as we you know send in or uh, re-register every year like we're supposed to uh then that you know they have left us alone uh, so it's it's not had that other than the initial shock when it all happened and oh my god what are we going to do you know what are they going to do to us uh you know after other than that initial shock it really has uh uh, it's not that big a deal for us now. So you, you think they might've realized that the only thing that a $25 Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipe does is just makes your tobacco taste a little better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I like to think they thought that, that they found that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't modify, doesn't tweak, doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of tobacco, I've got to ask, because on your website, corncobpipe.com, there's a tobacco that I have never seen before, haven't heard of. I'm wondering what the origins are and all, and, you know, both of you, uh, Phil, you can tell us the story, and then Shannon can tell us what really happened. Uh, <laughs> there is a Sutliff crumble cake called Lord Morgan. Yeah, well, first of all, I do want to say I had absolutely nothing to do with the naming of that <laughs> of, of, of that limited edition. But here's the back. The back story is just kind of funny on it. There several years ago, uh, we had uh, we had a customer in it was in Asia somewhere. It was in, either in Indonesia or Malaysia. I can't remember exactly where. And they were we were emailing back and forth, and in the transition whenever you're translating from one language to another, you know how those automatic translators do. I don't know. I, I would imagine that he might have said Mr. Morgan and it translated as Lord Morgan. So, so Marilyn in our office, she told me about it. And, and I said, well, you know, you know, I kind of like that. I think from now on, I would like for all of you just to refer to me as Lord Morgan. And it's just as a joke. And, uh, so that's the backstory to it. That's how it came about. But then whenever uh, we were talking with Sutliff about this, uh, uh, this new blend, uh, we were trying to come out with a name for it. And uh, Shannon, you could kind of fill in where, where. And we're really having a tough time naming it. And, and nobody liked any of the names that were coming across. And of course, he'd been called Lord Morgan, you know, out of fun for so long. So I was sitting in front of my computer and it just popped into my head and and i'm gonna tell you i chuckled for a solid five minutes over it and so i <laughs> came out to the office and i said you know what since it's an english blend we should name it lord morgan and the whole office started laughing and here we have a voting system and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose 
I lost. So yeah, so I came into the office and I said, we're going to name it Lord Morgan. And he looked at me and he said, oh, no, you're not. And I said, well, you've been outvoted. And the whole office was laughing. He said, do you know how much trouble people are going to give me over this? And I said, well, yes, I do. And I will laugh every time. Phil, I'm I'm thinking two things. One, it's better to see Lord Morgan on a tin of tobacco than on a tombstone, right? Yeah. Uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm also thinking that this is better than what your wife calls you because she was the one that introduced you as Dick Clark because you were ageless and had all black hair. But that was, what, five years ago before you actually got your first gray hair. So that, you know, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. This is a better, this is definitely better than that might have been. Yeah. Uh, so what is the, uh, what is the blend? It is a, uh, like Shannon said, it's a, it's an English, primarily an English blend. It's what I would call an aromatic English uh, blend. It's been, it was aged in a uh, bourbon uh, barrel, uh, which, you know, several of the pipe tobacco companies have been doing that over the years. And this was uh, aged in a bourbon barrel. And uh, it's, but it is, a, it's, I would call it a, a light, it's more of an English blend than it is an aromatic, but it has a little bit of an aromatic quality to it. And, and to me, the bourbon actually does, does come through just a little bit. You know, you, maybe it's because I'm imagining it, it maybe it's psychological, but it really, uh, really is a nice, you know, a nice tobacco. So Shannon, going forward, you intend to keep doing as many special edition pipes and keep and keep the tobaccos going and and do all that fun stuff. That, that is that is my hope. I would like to try to keep things. You know, um, I like to keep a little fresh in the line. A little, you know, people coming back to see what new things we keep putting out. Um, so I like I like to keep new lines coming out. I don't know how long you know, they'll last, some will keep, depends on, depends on whether people like them. I say you keep putting stuff out to, to keep things, you know, people coming back to see what's new and exciting. And if it goes over well, and if the community really likes it, we'll, you know, keep it if possible. And if not, if, you know, some things go over really well and some things don't, and you just yeah. keep it out there to see what people really like. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's always fun to see you guys at, at pipe shows, and I can't wait to get back out at the pipe shows and do that. But, uh, Shannon, guess what? I'm, I'm, we're going to wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions, and they're all just for you, and you didn't know that they were coming just for you. So are you ready? Not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right, Shannon, what is your favorite Missouri Meerschaum pipe? Actually, it's a natural Patriot straight. That was pretty quick. Um, what is your favorite Missouri Meerschaum tobacco? Um, I like the Great Dane. And which one is, uh, wait, let me pull it up so I can see what it looks like. Okay, there it is. Uh, and those are, obviously, you guys are not making those, so they're, they're made for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, what is your favorite drink? Oh, I'm a bourbon drinker. Well, right. Good old Midwest. Um, 
<laughs> when it's we do grow corn, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we know what happens to the kernels. <laughs> Some of them go home and go into this metal pot. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Probably a movie. Books put me to sleep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, lately, movies are putting me to sleep. Anything after <laughs> 9 o'clock, out I go. And, <laughs> and then lastly, do you have a favorite, uh, I guess, Pipe World-related memory? Mm. You know, I just really enjoy the, the Pipe shows. Um, so I would have to say... I can't say a specific memory, but what I really enjoy is usually when we're breaking down and everybody comes to say their final goodbyes to you. That's usually my favorite time because you get to you get to do the little bit of relaxing and everybody comes to truly stop by and say their sincerest goodbyes and hope to see you again and have that conversation with you. I really like the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I always tell people at the end of, you know, at the end of it with all these pipe shows that you've been, yeah. that we've been to, you really don't remember the pipes. You remember the people. Yeah. Yeah. When people come by and cause you really, it is a, it is a pipe family. So if you end up knowing about their, their, their family and what's going on with them. And, you know, and when you get to see them, it's like no time has went by because you're talking and, it's, it's hard, you know, I'd say that's one thing about the Chicago show is so many people come, but I don't get enough time to, to talk to everyone. And that's, that's one thing I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> I like to talk to everyone. I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah. It's like so, her mother. I know, which is hard when, when we go to places, we like get to talk and we're like, hey, can you take care of this? I'd like to talk. <laughs> yeah yeah uh dad you go do the work mom and i'll be over here talking yeah pretty much we got to do rock paper scissors because we all want to talk <laughs> well pretty soon you'll outrank him at work Never. and mom will outrank him at home so phil i'm sorry uh you're hey, I, hey i am i am perfectly happy being a pawn <laughs> Phil Morgan, Shannon Hoke, thank you very much for doing this, and thank you for keeping the uh, the cobs coming. Yeah, well, well, thank you for Brian, having us anytime. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Brian, and thanks for what you do for the pipe community too. And happy ten years. Yeah, coming up. Yep. Uh, and we'll be back in just a minute. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And, of course, we always highly encourage you to make sure and have 
at least a handful of Missouri Mearsham corncob pipes in your rotation, and now you can get clay pipes from them too. So check them out. Always good to catch up with uh, with Phil and Shannon, and looking forward to working with Shannon. All right, for music, I was looking around for some cold weather, I don't know, wintertime kind of music, and uh, this one from Dean Martin popped up. Yeah, old Dino, and uh, you know, often often a pipe smoker, but primarily a cigarette smoker. Uh, this one's called "I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm." It's snowing and the wind it is blowing but I can weather the storm what do I care how much it may storm I've got my love to keep me warm I cannot remember Worse December Just watch Those icicles fall Why do I care If icicles fall I've got my love To keep me warm Off with my overcoat Off with my glove who needs an overcoat I'm burning with love My heart's on fire And the flame grows higher So I will weather the storm Why do I care How much it may storm I've got my love to keep me warm I thought you ought to know my heart's on fire The flames, they just leap higher So I will weather the storm why do I care how much it's done? I've got my love to keep me warm. I've got my love to keep me warm. The one and only Dean Martin, and uh, thankfully it's not snowing here, although we did have a, we had about a half hour of little flurries last week. You've got some mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email them directly to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page, just like uh, Dino and Casey Ghost do every week. And here's what Dino had to say with uh, last week's show with me and uh, Rich and stuff. Uh, Dino says, two wonderfully informative segments from Jeremy and Rich. I now look forward to more Jeremy segments. The Wynton Marsalis performance was very tasty. 
Uh, my phone is an AT&T flip phone that is rarely even on. It's for emergencies when I'm out, as I'm not an on-call neurosurgeon nor a denizen of the Internet. I don't need to be connected 24-7. When friends and family want to contact me, they know to call me on my home phone. Yeah, I know. Okay, Boomer. Thanks for an always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you still have a home phone? Wow. Yeah. Let alone a flip phone. <laughs> anyway, uh, Casey Ghost says, uh, greatly enjoyed the show. You had Jeremy Reeves on talking about a uh, problem in blending tobacco. Could have talked to the end of time and it wouldn't have done me any good because I have no talent at blending. <laughs> Hopefully the 10 or 15 people Jeremy was talking to paid attention because I usually need tobacco. Uh, Rich was feeling good and the two of you did a good job of keeping the show rolling. Mr. Marsalis is quite an accomplished musician, but I thought his performance on When You Wish Upon a Star was lacking. I know an instrumental can't match up to the words identically, but... This took it way beyond that. Good musicianship, but a weak execution of the song. Uh, you know, I I think I might have to agree with uh, Casey Ghost on those. That you know wasn't the wasn't the greatest uh, execution of that song, or my favorite. More on that. Uh, and then catching up, uh, Tad writes uh, going back a couple of weeks. I uh, love the final episode of the year. The conversation you and Rich, uh, the conversations you and Rich are having are fantastic. Keep them coming. The music selection with Greg Lake and Ian Anderson was very enjoyable. Thanks to Dino for the suggestion. I watched the video on YouTube afterwards. A great performance at a Christmas time church service. Keep up the great work, Tad. Tad, sure will. And remember, if you have a subject that you would like for uh, Rich and I to tackle you know what? Email me and uh, we'll put it on the list of stuff to do. Uh, ask the, if you have any questions for Jeremy Reeves or Jeff Grasick, email those to me as well and we'll get them on the show. All right. Rant time is coming up next. There's nothing quite like working in my shop. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy. Here we go with another classic, and it's just a reminder. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna keep pushing this until people understand it, listen to it, and repeat it. All right. The best is not what you like the most. What you like the most is your favorite. All right. It's not the best. It's your favorite. It's the one that works best for you. It's a personal favorite. It's a personal best, but it does not mean that it is the best in the world. No. Stop saying that that is the best, uh, you know, this is the best of whatever. I, I hear it all over in different parts of the, you know, different different areas of the world, not just in the pipe world. It's not just, I'm not just picking on all, on all of us pipe smokers out there. But the best pipe is not what you say it is. 
that may be your favorite. And that's why I particularly ask people in the Fast Five final questions, what is your favorite? Not what is the best, because you know what? It's your favorite. You don't have the ability to take a whole worldwide survey and come up with what is the best. If you look at sports, every year there's a championship of some sort, and that is supposedly the best team of the year. It's not necessarily because you could just get lucky at the end and go on a good run for a short for the playoffs or whatever, but still, that becomes that team becomes what is known as the champion, not the best, not the best at all. So just remember when you are describing stuff that you like, you can say it works for me, it's my favorite, it's my personal best, I like it for this, I like it for that, but you can't describe something as the best ever. No, you just can't because you don't have all the data to support that, you don't have all the surveys behind it, you don't have all the support, you don't have you don't know what everybody else thinks. Nobody knows what I think because even I don't know what I think, but I will say that I when I like something, it's I like it personally. It works for me. So just remember that. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you have a question for Rich, if you have a topic that you want us to cover, if you haven't ask the uh, pipe maker with Jeff Grasick, let me know. If you have any guest suggestions, uh, guests that you'd like to hear on the show, let me know. If you know any celebrities that smoke a pipe, you know, people that are active in Hollywood or on TV and film or whatever, Reach out, let me know. I know there's some of them out there. I know uh, Pierce Brosnan is a pipe smoker. I know there's a couple of musicians, including uh, Steve Winwood, who's a regular pipe smoker. If you know any of these guys, reach out. I'd love to have a celebrity on the show that's willing to come out and talk about their pipe smoking. And, uh, you know, it would help our shows. Having their name in the in the show title would help with the uh, with with the uh, searches and all that stuff. So, and keep sharing out the pipes magazine radio show, wherever you happen to uh, see pipe smokers. All right. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Shannon and to Phil for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to the bum ba dee da 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 bum